We're in the middle of the argument, really. The showdown between Shaul and Yenison. And uh, Shaul had just uh, insulted Yenison, uh, so to speak, called him off. And Yenison is still willing to continue the discussion. We're holding in Perikhov, Pasuk Navad Beis. And therefore the Pasuk says, Vayan Yenison and Shaul Aviv. Yenison answers back. He wasn't just uh, going to accept that Shaul said, bring David to me, he's kill him, he's, he deserves to die. So, love, you must nail so. so, why are you going to kill him? What did you do wrong? In other words, you, you decided that David's high place, and Yonison is challenging that decision. Is it, what, what's his crime? Why, why, why do you think he deserves to die? And therefore, we see that Shaul is, isn't capable to answer him rationally. So Shaul takes up his spear as if to hit Yenison. And at that stage, then Vayeda Yenison, Kikala, he made Avim Hamas David. In other words, had, even after Shaul's uh, being angry about the fact that he was wanting to threaten David, but if there was still somebody rational to talk to, he could still say, well, why do you think David's a threat? What did he do wrong? And Shaul would say something, Yenison could debate it. So there's a possibility that maybe somebody's now, it holds a certain way because they're under a mistaken impression or they have a wrong idea, and if they can be convinced that they're wrong, so then maybe they'll change their mind. Is Yenison risking being murdered by himself by asking the challenge as well? Yes. Now, if you have to see. But when we got to a stage that uh, there's nothing rational to say, Shaul didn't even try. He just said, Challenge me, I'll kill you too. So, uh, there's nothing to talk about anymore. And that's why Yenison knew at that stage that it's, uh, it's the last case. There's no one to talk to, there's no one to. Try and convince. Shaul's left his man and is not willing to discuss it. Now it's an interesting thing. The Gemara says uh, there's a mitzvah, as you know, the Gemara says a person is a mitzvah to, if he sees another Jew doing something wrong, so he has to try and call another person, making a mistake, he shouldn't be doing this. Uh, and the Gemara asks, how far did that Chiyuv go? And three things in the Gemara. The first opinion is, a person has to give tichacha until the other person insults him. The second opinion is, a person has to give tichacha until the other person is willing to curse him. And the third opinion is, a person has to give tichacha until the other person is going to hit him. And all three of them this possible. They all bring a right from Yenison. Because you see, Yenison was trying to correct his father for mistaking he wanted to kill David. And he all three. First, he insults Yenison, he calls him a traitor. Then afterwards, Nazifa the yells at him, and he tells him that uh, you're an embarrassment to your, yourself, your mother, everybody else. And then afterwards, he even picks up the spear and tries to kill him. So, whatever the level of Tehokha is, we see Yenison went, went through all three of them. In his efforts to try and tear off Shaul, obviously it didn't work, but he was part of it. He had done what he could do. Uh, the question the Gemara asks is, well, you see Yenison the all three. And that's if the halach is he wasn't mukhiyev to do all three. That's in the first opinion. He's only mukhiyev to give teichacha until he had got, until the other person is willing to curse you, until the other person is willing to, to shout at you. He had already done that, so why did he carry on? And the Gemara says, because there was a certain extra kilo affection that the had for David, and he's willing to go the extra mile, so to speak, to try and help him. And uh, even though the Maitsi Yenison, from his point of view, uh, did what he could to, to protect David, Shaul wasn't interested, he was the one to talk to, so then Yenison, Yenison desists. Now at that stage, 
needs a table. Remember, this all happened over lunch. This happened at Shal's table and Shkodesh. And now that Shal has has gone so far as to threaten to kill him, so he doesn't get up. He didn't, he didn't join the meal, he didn't eat. He David, because he was firstly sad about David, that he now knows that there's no way that he can placate his father. And number two, for the, because his father embarrassed him. So Yonason had two different reasons uh, why to leave the table, why not to eat. Uh, number one, because he, he was sad about David. And number two, because he, he had tiredness himself about the way Shaul spoke to him. Um, why does the, the Navi feel important to tell us this point? That uh, Yonason ended up not eating at the Anish Kodesh. Why is that a significant factor? So it's interesting. There's a certain level of medical activity here, which Yonason maybe defeat his greatness was held liable for, even though it might say his intentions were completely good. And that is, what what is the deal with David? Uh, he t- he had told David, oh, we're going to make this test. And where was David? David didn't go to Bethlehem, like Yonason said he did. David had been hiding out in the field. And David said, I'm going to, and that's what Yonason told him. We saw previously, when they made the deal what they were going to do. So, the, the deal Yonason said was, you'll come to, you're going to go hide, and I'll come to you on the third day, and I'll tell you my father's it. And that's what happens, that David hides in the field, which is, he's hiding there for three days, and Yonason comes back to wherever the Charles palace was, to join the Shkodesh Shodim. Now, as much as Yonason, the whole plan, the plan was to try and help David, but also there was a certain accusation that was against Yonason. And that is, you know David is by himself hiding in the field. Why didn't you bring him food? If he's hiding from the king and he doesn't have it, so why did you bring him food? Well, does it have to say? What? Does it have to say that he provided him with provisions? He didn't. And there was a time that Chazal bring on Yonason that no one else knew where David was, so you can't blame anybody else for that. But Yonason didn't know where he was. And he told David to hide in the field where no one was seen for three days until he comes back from him. Well, how, what were you going to eat for three days? So there was a certain time in the like we're going to see why you provide food for David. And a certain middle connected middle. And that, as a result, that the suggestion was that he didn't eat either. It's like a certain, uh, even though, like I said, it was bad, his intention was to help David, but there was a certain uh, lack in the shlemus of what he did for David that affected him too. Okay. When Shaul takes the spear to hit him, did Shaul really intend to track all Yonason? Or was Shaul just showing him that he was really angry with him? And he had nothing to say, so he, he, just, he waved the spear around. So they're dying from the Pasuk that Yonason leaves the table because he's upset that his father insulted him. As much as he didn't really think his father was going to try to kill him. Otherwise, he wasn't running for sure. Right, he had a much better reason to leave the table than he was insulted if he really thought his father was going to kill him. And what? He didn't think his father was going to kill him. He just thought that as a way of shell acting when he had nothing to say. So he, so he, made, he was, uh, he understood that it was more like a sign that he had no way to defend what he was feeling about David rather than he was actually trying to kill Yonison. Now, the next question is would this have put Yonison in the category of Mary Bramathus? If a king says do something and the person says no, why should I? What did he do wrong? Does that, does that make the person around Mary Bramathus? This is a question which we're going to ask many times in Malach, especially when you get to Malachim, and that is if a king tells somebody to do something against the Torah, and the person refuses, 
No, you have it, I don't know. He, can, he finds errors, he brings it back to Johansson. So, the, the way it did is Johansson shot one arrow, the boy chased the first arrow, in the meantime, Johansson shot the second arrow, which went further than the first one, and that's when the boy got to the first arrow, so Johansson could tell him, run ahead, there's still another arrow ahead of you, and that would be the sign to David, the arrow is ahead of you. By now, Leyada Ma'uma, he did not understand, obviously, anything more than just a simple instruction Yonison gave him, Yonison with David, Yonison with David. Yonison and David understood the code that Yonison was giving David, and they understood uh, what the meaning of the sign was. Now, really, based on what they said before, it should end there. In other words, Yonison has given David the sign, David knows he has to run, so Yonison should really go back home again, he's, he's, he's finished his job. But what happens, instead of that, Vayitin Yonison is a kale of an anahar, actually Yonison gives his is the weapons he had, which was the arrows and the bow, to the Nahar. He says, I'm staying in the field, you bring them back into the town again. And Nahar boss, the, the, the boy goes back with the cannon to the town, leaving Anderson behind. But David comes David gets up where he'd been hiding. He bends down to Anderson three times. Uh, why, why was he bowing down to Anderson? Uh, in a way, it was a sign of gratitude that Yonison had organized things to, like he had asked him to, to verify what was, what, what Shaul was really feeling, and Yonison did that. So David is appreciative. They kiss each other, they cry over each other. Why? Because they realize that this is, they're not going to be able to meet again. Uh, it's not easily because now that David has to run from Shaul and Yonison will have to stay with Shaul so they're going to say this is really the separation and they know at the time but obviously this was the last time that David and Yonison never meet each other and David Higdil until David cries more than Yonison does we have to understand why that's something important so I have to tell us and I have to tell us that they were both they cried over each other in part, in why why the David cried more? So we'll see at that stage. By Yemi Yonason the David, so Yonason says to David, "Leich Hashem, go in peace." And remember, Hashem Yishpanu Hashem and Nachnu B'Shem Hashem, the promise we made to each other with Hashem's name, Leim Hashem Yeh Beni Benecho Ben Zari Ben Zarech Adayim. Remember the promise that we made that there will be a covenant between me and you and between our children forever. And uh, that's his part of Mr. David. So David gets up and he runs, and Yonason comes back to the town. He's wished David farewell. Now, what's the idea that they cried over each other until David cried more? Why is that? Uh, why is it important for the David to tell us? And uh, what was the, the idea why they cried so much over here? That was uh, that 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 the David telling us. So, there's two points. The Mephoshim says two different options, and different Mephoshim say one of the two, the two different ways to explain it. It does explain that Fashat, uh, David cried because he was scared for his life. If, if his back is being told, the king is looking to kill you. Run as fast as he can because he's looking, he's chasing you. So, Yonason cried because he wasn't able to help David. But David cried because he's scared. He owned it. Sorry? He owned this. Right, it was much more affecting him, and that's why David Higdil, as much as Yonason could be David's friend and cry for him, 
It's not as much as a person who feels themselves they're absent the night. So that would be explaining the crying in a negative sense. In other words, they were, they were both unhappy about the situation. Just Jennison, as a friend, was unhappy for David. David was crying for himself. And that's what David did. That's why I wrote this um, The crying. And why, why, why David cried more. There's another point also. And that was, it was not crying because of the situation or because uh, David was a friend of Shaul. Uh, the other person explained it that uh, the, the reason to cry was that because they were saying goodbye to each other. Again, they didn't know at the time they would meet each other again, but they knew they were definitely going to be separated because Yonason would have to stay with his father and then David would have to avoid his father. And there was a crying of separation. And at the separation, what's it to cry about? So really, the, just like when we talk about somebody who dies, so the end of being crying for the mess. Not because the mess needs to be cried for. If the person is a tzaddik and they live their life well, so then they're going to get rewarded. So the idea of crying for a mess is really uh, a crying that the mess isn't here with us anymore. The mess, assuming that if they're a rush, it's a different story. We're talking about the tzaddik. So for them, there's not so much to cry about. There's much more to cry about for the people left behind. The question already said that the Lashon Hesped, which is to give a eulogy, is the same letters as the word Hesped, which means it's really the eulogy is to think what we've lost. And then you think about what we're missing without somebody, so then that, that's what the, the cause of the attack. And the more one needed that person, the more one felt the absence of that person, so the more tired there is in leaving in losing them. That's why when it talks about Ramavina, that he, after Sari Vena died, so it says Avram went to mourn her, but he requested her to cry for her. And as you know, the cuff of the request is small, but it wasn't really for crying for Sarah. It was crying for him. Sarah had gone to Ganad, and Sarah was a Sadeka, so all 127 years were spent well, and she was going to be rewarded. Um, it's a crying for the person left behind. It's not really crying for her, it's crying about her, maybe. It's crying for himself, and now he's left without her. And that's really the crying and uh, uh, parting from somebody. That is, once again, if it's talking about Russia, then one thing, Kataka cry for them because one feels sorry for the punishment they're going to get. But if you're talking about a tzaddik, so then the, the crying is ready. Like it says in the they're happy, they went to Ganet. And they left us, they left us on our own, they left us without them. And that's what they to cry about. In that's the case, if you're talking about Jonas and David leaving each other, so the crying was on the fact that they were separated and they wouldn't have each other. And now this is an interesting point. If that's the case, who who felt the loss more? Jonas felt more the loss of David, or David felt more the loss of Jonas? And that's what the Torah says. Ask David that David felt he was more lost without Jonas than the other way around. And this is the amazing thing. As much as Jonas promoted David and said, David, you're going to be the king and I'll be your helper. And you're going to be in charge, and I'll, say, I'll be your second, whatever it is. The man said David felt he needed Yenison more than Yenison felt he needed David. And therefore, when they, when they were, each one felt how much they're going to miss the other one, how much they're going to feel the lack of the other one, David feels more. He feels more the loss of Yenison than the other way around. And later on, when David hears about Yenison's death, so we saw already beforehand, Yenison was the example of a good friend. 
Like we said, uh, an Ava, which is a real Ava, is an Ava Dari Yenison. Yenison is an example of a good friend, which means, in a way, David was right. David did need Yenison more. Yenison was older than he was, Yenison was the crown prince, Yenison was uh, the Rish Bastin. He definitely was a lot David to gain from him. But Yenison was a good friend in that he used his friendship to promote David. He used the friendship to push David. He said, David, you're going to be the king, you're going to be the leader, I'm going to help you. Uh, even though Be'etzim, David needed him. But the man says, a good friend, he put his friend's interests ahead of his own, and he used that, the influence he had, and the abilities he had, and the, the intelligence and knowledge he had, to try and promote David. And that's, uh, that's what David said about him. He called him like his older brother. That, uh, he, that even though Be'etzim, I looked after him, respected him, but Lamaisa, he used the, the opportunity to try and encourage David that he's going to become great one day. David feels the lack of Yonason, so to speak, more than the other way around. That's how like David Higdu. Yeah? Two Okay, so the first thing he knew that David was going to be the king, like everybody knew. So also David was going to be the king. That's why he hated him. You see Hashem obviously doing miracles for somebody. You see Hashem bringing them to greatness in a way which isn't normal. So you see that this person is, is being raised. Like that's by himself. Mekimi may offer a doubt. He's picking up from nothing. So that was clear to see. In a few months, from going from a shepherd that nobody knew, to being the one who won the battle against Goliath, the king's son-in-law, the head of the army, in everything. This was a meteoric. He raised his success. Unbelievable. It wasn't a secret. The second point, Yannison didn't do anything wrong. He shouldn't have been the king. But his, but his father lost the kingship for his family. When Hashem told Shmuel that after the story of Tamarek, go to Hashem, Kara Hashem is a malchus melecha, it means that it's not because your son's anything wrong, you've done something wrong. And so you and your family have lost the melecha. And uh, had Yonason been the king, that's what, that's what a king expects, that after he's died, his son takes over. It wouldn't be a punishment for him. Uh, it's the other way around. Shal in his lifetime will lose the melecha, and then automatically his son wouldn't get it anymore. So it wasn't Yenison did something so that he didn't deserve to be a king. It was really a result of Shaul's mistakes. That Shaul's family lost that. And you see this always through the kings. That the sins of the father impact on the son. And if that's the case, if, if like the whole to Israel, if the father was a Russia, and the result was Hashem is going to take the kingdom away from him, so it doesn't make difference to his sons. Are. The punishment for him is that his family is going to lose it. Even if, if, if uh, his son is... Even if his son is, it doesn't make a difference. Like we said, otherwise it wouldn't have been the punishment for him. The punishment for Shaul that he's going to lose the Malchus means not that he's going to give it to his son. That's what every king does. When he's going to Malchus, he's just not going to go to his son. He's going to take it away from him. So, so why Hashem promised David that all these uh, Tzitzayim will be king, even if a few of them will be very a king? So why should we get there? When we talk about we'll get there, the promise of David was the why Hashem gave him such a promise. Okay, that's the story of David and Edison. That's where they leave each other. Why did he uh, um, 